Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas! Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out. Right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! Pack your bags and get ready. You're going to Vegas with someone who knows Vegas inside and out. This is Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, the podcast. realize that Las Vegas is the place to go for the very best tribute acts for some of the really great shows. We've had them all on. It starts with Elvis. Everybody knows that and goes on. we got a great one today. His name is Mark Maynard. You know, you don't see a lot of people that do Frankie Valley, so I'm really excited to uh, talk with Mark. Mark's on kind of a semi-regular on the Dennis Bono show. You can see him over at the South Point for Dennis's show or hear him on Dennis's radio show. And also, he's got a couple of events coming up. The big one is on Saturday, April 16th. And you also can see an encore performance of something he did the other night over at Henderson. It was sold out. People loved it, so they're bringing him back. It's at the Firelight Barn Dinner Theater in Henderson. It's a lot of fun. Well, Mark, what a great pleasure having you on. Were you a Frankie Valley fan from uh, your earliest days? Oh, absolutely. And uh, I'd like to just say thank you so much, Stephen, for uh, getting me onto your program today. Um, yes, the Frankie Valley. Uh, I've always loved all of the great harmonies of the Four Seasons and his incredible falsetto. Um, really a man who uh, just brings it and makes it really happen. A lot of great energy, a lot of fun. And um, I had the privilege of meeting directly with Frankie Valley. Can I share a little bit about oh, absolutely. that? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So uh, Frankie Valley was doing a show here in Las Vegas at the Desert Inn. And this was in the month of December, okay, 1993 was the year. And uh, some friends of mine who had heard me do some work with uh, some of the Las Vegas show bands, uh, we would get occasionally a request uh, from the four, the four Seasons. And so as a result, I was told uh, over and over again from friends and people who'd heard me the first time, wow, you really have a real close uh, resemblance uh, appearance-wise uh, to Frankie Valley, and you sound just like the guy. He's performing in Las Vegas at the DI. You ought to make arrangements to go over and see him. And so I did exactly that. Uh, his tour manager took my phone call. I shared with him um, who I am, that I live here in Las Vegas, and I was seeking to have an opportunity to visit directly with Frankie Valley. So uh, the gentleman's name was John Bowers, the tour director for Frankie, and he said, I'm going to talk to Frankie about you, and uh, and then I'll get back with you. Well, he got back with me a couple hours later, and he said, so, uh, Mark, uh, Frankie is very curious about you. So he has agreed to meet with you after one of his shows over here. He said, you come on in. After the show, you're going to get a chance to meet directly with him. So uh, the first thing I did, knowing that I was going to get a chance to meet with Frankie, was I went out, I bought a new suit. It was a double-breasted Eisenhower-style suit, 
and I bought a new pair of shoes, I got a haircut. Sometimes the first impression is the only one you're going to get, right? So um, I made all of that, took all of that action, went in, saw his show, and after the show, I was able to visit directly with Frankie Valley. And um, big, long parade of people uh, standing there in line to, to see him, to get his autograph, all of that. So I really cut to the chase. He said, well, Mark, he said, what, do, what are we doing here today? He said, I'm, I'm a bit curious about you. And I said, well, sir, I said, I'm here to ask for your permission, your blessing. I said, I want to portray you in a live uh uh, on stage, uh, d- doing all of your great songs, no lip syncing. I want to get every note as close as I possibly can to how you deliver. And I said, that's why I'm here tonight to visit with you and to, uh, you know, hopefully you'll give me your permission to do this. Well, he looked so uh, uh, a little bit confused. He said, wait a minute. He said, so you want to be me on stage? I said, yes, sir, that's exactly right. And I could tell from his expression, like, I said, well, sir, Frankie, has no one ever approached you about this before? He said, Mark, you're the first guy ever to come and talk to me about this. Then he paused, and he's got such a great sense of humor. He said, because, you know, I got friends. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I said, yes, sir, I know you do. You've got friends in New York and Philadelphia. You've got friends in Las Vegas. You've got friends all over the world. So I, I knew what he was implying. He said, you know, you did the right thing to come and see me about this. He said, uh, he said, I appreciate that. And he said, but before I can give you any kind of answer, I need to hear you sing. So there I am on the spot, acapella, no music. And I broke into that song you probably well remember, Working My Way Back to You, Babe. He liked it. He's nodding and he's smiling, but he stopped me and he said, you know what? He said, that's good, but I want something more. So I knew then that what he wanted probably was this big song, Sherry, you know, 1962, the big song, Sherry. So I broke into that song, Sherry. Now he's a big smile. He's nodding. He says, I love it. He says, I like what I see. I like what I hear. And then he said, by the way, where did you get that suit? <laughs> and so I said, oh, good, good. I'm thinking in the back of my mind. Okay, he, he likes what he sees here, too. So I told him, I said, I got this suit. And he says, John, his tour manager, John, uh, take some notes here. And John's over there, and he's writing this stuff down. And uh, so then Frankie says, okay, so here's what I'm going to do, Mark. I'm going to give you my blessing. You have my permission. I want you to go out and enjoy performing. He says, um, I tell you what, he said, you might be able to make some money with this, because I have. <laughs> we both laughed. And I said, yes, sir, you, you certainly have. And he was so, uh, Stephen, he was so encouraging. Um, he was such a down-to-earth guy. Because you can imagine, I was feeling quite nervous about the whole thing. But he appreciated that I came, that I visited with him directly. And so he said, so we can both carry the torch here. He said, who knows, you might be in Las Vegas and I might be in uh, Atlantic City. Well, here's the irony of it all. Because um, soon after I knew that, that was my big feather in my cap to get Frankie Valley to tell me I can enjoy this and have fun with it. Then I met with Johnny Stewart. Now, you might know John. He was a guy who put together Legends in Concert. And so Johnny, uh, he, uh, his uh, assistant, uh, Nelson Foster, was his right-hand man. And so Nelson got in touch with me, and he says, Johnny wants to do 
you know, have a uh, opportunity to hear you and and uh, make a decision here. He might like to add you to the cast. Well, Johnny, we, I did an audition for Johnny, and um, and Johnny's a real uh, fast guy as far as he comes in. He'll hear a little bit, and then he's got to go running out the door to do some other stuff. So I put together a four-song medley. It had Sherry. It had uh, Big Girls Don't Cry. It had Walk Like a Man, and it had Dawn. So um, it was a four. It was four songs for four minutes, just a little bit of each song, and a nice little transition from one song to the other. So I figured I better give it the best shot. I've only got five, four or five minutes with this guy. So I did those, and John sat there and he says, "Wow," he says. You got some more? I want to hear some more. I, I looked at Nelson, and he looked at me, and he says, well, you better go for it, kid. You've got his attention now. So then I went into this, the 70s with, uh, you know, Swearing to God and Who Loves You and, you know, these songs that were big in those years. But Johnny booked me in Atlantic City then uh, with his show out there. Uh, he says, you're going to go on the boardwalk. If anybody knows Frankie's music, you're basically in, in Frankie Valley's backyard. And he oh, says, yeah. you're going to go out there and you're going to entertain. I got in, it's a t- standard 12-week contract with the Legends show. And I got into my second week. Now I've got all these people that are involved with the show, the production manager, Johnny himself comes out to see me how it's going. And he says, all right, we want to keep you longer than 12 weeks. I said, Johnny, I don't think I can do that. And he says, why? Well, Stephen, at that point in time, I was a full-time employee with the Clark County Parks Department. And the Parks Department were so generous and so kind to allow me to take a leave of absence for 12 weeks to have my little time on stage, you know, to be the little rock star, you might say, right? right. And so, but the, the deal was, you do your, your uh, little thing out there in Atlantic City, and then when the contract expires, then you come back, you put on the steel po- steel-toed boots, and you go back out there and take care of what has to happen uh, for us. That was the agreement. So I said, I've got to return in 12 weeks. Well, he said, really? He said, is there anything we can possibly do that they would allow you to stay out here longer? I said, you're going to have to get directly in touch with them, the Clark County commissioners, everybody that's involved with our park system. And they did that. And next thing you know, the park system said, okay, we're going to allow this to happen. I ended up being out there for just over five months. So the funny thing getting back to uh, Frankie Valley was that uh, I came back to Las Vegas and I went to see him do another performance here in Las Vegas. And uh, he comes, the music starts, he comes walking out and guess what he's wearing? The very, (laughs) the very uh, double-breasted Eisenhower uh, it was, and actually, it was a shade. Of, it was some shade of purple. He really liked that suit, and he came walking out wearing that same suit months later when I got to see him for this for the second time. When you, when he gave you kind of the okay, that had to give you a certain confidence because if he'd have come back and said like you know I really don't want you, you can do whatever you want, but I I, I don't care for this sort of thing, you know, mm-hmm. would, would, would that have stopped you in your tracks? Do you think uh, you know was it one of those things where kind of getting his approval beforehand, which almost never happens, 
right? Was kind of a thing, you know, you knew you could do it, and now you got the the actual guy saying you can do it. What what better thing for great self confidence? Well, you've got a you've got a very strong point there, and I agree uh, completely with what you're saying. And you know, uh, I actually had someone else uh, approach me with that question. That's a great question. What would have have I done? Well, I jokingly said my answer to the first time I heard this question was, "Well, I wouldn't have done it." Okay, I would have probably be, uh, you know, maybe. Uh, Portraying Johnny Cash, which is a long shot from the falsetto. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, no, you're right. He could have actually, actually, you're right. He could have said, Mark, I'd rather you not do this. But, uh, you know, he was so generous and kind. And um, to give me his direct handshake, to look me straight in the eye and say, I like this. And I I approve what what you want to do here. And I give you my blessing. And maybe you'll make some money with it. So... You know, what more can I ask for, right? Absolutely. You know, this whole thing of the falsetto, I really wanted to get into this with you because if you can't pull that off, the thing – I could see where he would really be interested because if you did it and it sort of – it was close, but it was quasi-humorous, you kill the whole thing and never goes anywhere. It's tough to pick people anyway to do that and to do it in a way that people will say, okay, I want to pay to see this person perform like this other person that I'm a fan of. I'll tell you something, uh, and you must have been reading my mind, because one of the comments that Frankie Valli said to me was, Mark, one thing I want you to really keep in mind, do not make this a parody. You know, because of the high falsetto, it would be insulting. And I said, sir, Frankie, I I promise you, I want to be in your skin, in your shoes. I want to be believe in my mind that I'm on your stage and I'm going to deliver it with the utmost class because I said, sir, you are a very classy man. You've got great style. You deliver, you knock it out of the park every time. And I said, that is my goal is to bring it uh, that way. And he said, Mark, I couldn't ask for anything more. But that was the strong point that he wanted me to keep in mind. Don't make this uh, a joke or a parody. Well, and that's what's so great about what you do. And people can go to YouTube and see this stuff. A song like, you know, You're Just Too Good to Be True. It's a great song. And you don't have to do it exactly like him. I've heard other people do the song. But, but Sherry, there's only one way to do it. <laughs> and, and, and you hit that. It's just, uh, it, it's such a fantastic thing. Did you spend a lot of time looking at films and so forth and kind of watching it? Because his career, as you mentioned before, make a little change in terms of the type of songs he was singing and so forth. That's right. Exactly. And, you know, there's a lot of perspectives on how to uh, present, uh, as you just said, um, can't take my eyes off you. Been presented in many different uh, uh, genres and different presentations. As a matter of fact, there's a song currently out that was recorded by the Four Seasons called Begin. That song has been getting a lot of airplay through a group called Mainskin, Manskin, which is a real edgy alternative group with a lot of grungy type style guitar playing and all of that. But it's a Four Seasons song. And it's being introduced to a lot of the younger generation. Now, I have a, I have a child. Well, she's not a child anymore. Uh, she's a young adult, just had her 21st birthday in August. And as you can well imagine, she's very, very well uh, versed with the Four Seasons. She sure. heard me rehearsing all the time at home with it, right? All the young generations, that's what's so beautiful about it, too. Uh, Frankie Valley mentions this. 
uh, with the advent of Jersey Boys, the, pro- the production of Jersey Boys. So I did study a lot, as your question was, did I watch a lot of what he's doing and how he's doing it? And so I really uh, focused in on that because let's keep in mind, and every time I go out to do a show, it's deeply uh, planted in my mind. Remember, you, you promised directly to Frankie Valley that you're going to uh, help other people enjoy what he does. And so that's a, that's a big, big part of uh, mindful of that. My eyes adore you, though I never laid a hand on you. My eyes adore you, like a million miles away from me, you couldn't see how I adored you. So close, so close, and yet so far. That's what I love about Vegas, and we talk to some of these people that do these tribute acts, and the ones that are really good, I mean, the ones that you play in your trip around, there's a certain respect for who they're doing the tribute to that really comes across. And like you said before, it's not a parody, quite the contrary. The fact that you can get people to think for a while, wow, this is like San Frankie Valley, has got to feel great. Well, it is. And, you know, uh, my association with the Four Seasons um, – uh, beyond the obvious that we're talking about here with Frankie Valley is that uh, back in my formative uh, years of getting this all prepared and rehearsed, uh, getting it all ready for the stage, uh, through that time frame, I met Tommy DeVito. And Tommy, as you well know, the orchestrator, the originator for the Four Seasons. I met with Tommy DeVito. I had dinner with Tommy DeVito. I sang for Tommy DeVito. I met Tommy DeVito through his older brother, Nick, Nicky DeVito. Nicky DeVito was with the group when they were called the Four Lovers, which evolved to become the Four Seasons. Nicky DeVito heard me performing uh, here in Las Vegas over there at the Boulder Station when I was doing a show over Mm -hmm. there. I didn't know it was Nicky Nicky DeVito. He waved me over after the show. He said, I really love what I heard there. I said, well, my name's Mark Maynard, and I appreciate that. I said, what is your name, please? He said, my name is Nick. And then he paused, and then he said, DeVito. Well, my jaw hit the floor, you know? Yeah, I know who that is. (laughs) And he says, yeah, that's right, Mark. He says, I'm Tommy's older brother. And I says, oh, my God, it's so great to to get to meet you. He says, well, he said, are you going to be doing some more shows in town? I said, yes, and I told him where. And so then he brought Tommy with him. And then later, we, a couple of months later, we had dinner together. And then when Nikki passed away, I went to the memorial service, and Tommy was there standing there with Joe Pesci. And as you know, Joe Pesci yeah. was part of what was going on with the Four Seasons, too. I'm just thinking that had to be another one of those kind of stamps of approval that just feel good because... Everybody wants to wants to make sure that they're doing the, the right kind of tribute. And when you get Frankie Valley himself to say, yeah, you go for it. I mean, you asked him ahead of time, which I've never heard of. But then you have the four seasons going, yep, that sounds that, that, that is fitting. Because I think those people are very protective of what they do. And if they thought it was anything but the highest of quality, they're not going to want people hearing it. I agree. That's very well said. Yeah. Uh, 100% on the target with that. Did you ever think about trying to go and and, and get into Jersey Boys somewhere? I mean, you certainly could do it. There's no question about that. Well, uh, just uh, two years ago, I retired from my full-time employment with the Clark County Parks Department. 
So keep in mind, since uh, 2001 up to just, uh, which would make it 20 years, right? Because we're 222. So I continued to work full-time position to be able to take care, because I've been a single parent, uh, taking care of all the needs and wants of the kids. I have a family of three, uh, uh, one son and two daughters, and I wanted to make sure that we had a real good uh, medical plan, which the county parks department uh, was very affordable, you know, for medical coverage. So my first and foremost was to take care of the family as a single parent, and the parks department really helped me accomplish all of that. So to answer your question about the Jersey Boys, I, I have the luxury of time on my hands now, mm-hmm. so something like that could possibly be scheduled. Um, but I think that for part of it, and of course, um, the presentation that they have is, um, uh, you've seen it, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, correct? a couple times. Yeah, very good. Yeah, okay. I'm not ruling that out completely, no, uh, to, to answer that. Uh, yeah. I do have opportunities that I didn't have now uh, before because of, I was, you know, tied up real strong with, uh, with what I had to do with my daytime job. What would you advise somebody that wanted to do? Because you kind of did what a lot of people can't do, where you can keep that job, which is very important, like you say. And, of course, the whole entertainment world is so fickle that you want to have that because there's certain Mm -hmm. needs in life and so forth. And yet you were able to do both. Would you tell people, is it just a matter of persistence and a matter of, again, it sounds to me like you were always kind of, you never got caught up by the lights to the point where, uh, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to Europe and take this around uh, or what have you. You always kind of kept your feet uh, close to the ground. That's that's exactly uh, exactly correct because uh, I did a show in uh, Laughlin at the Riverside and it was a tribute show. It included an Elvis tribute on stage, myself as Frankie Valley, uh, Buddy Holly. It was one of those kinds of tribute shows, okay? And it was down in Laughlin at the Riverside. And they had a uh, publicity journalist uh, interview me. And in the article, I still have the article, uh, they asked the question that you're just asking me now. They said, uh, so you went and you saw Frankie Valley. Uh, you're holding a full-time job. Uh, you're raising a family uh, by yourself. What would you advise? I said, well, we all have uh, different approaches to what we want to do. But I just felt that with Frankie telling me that I like what I see, I like what I hear, I'm giving you the permission to do this, then I always held on to the dream that I'm going to keep myself fresh, keep myself ready, prepared, and I'm not going to just put it on the shelf and say, oh, so sad, too bad, I can't do it right now. I just had to be patient with myself and the opportunities that came around. There are many opportunities, uh, Stephen, like you were saying, that I had to say, no, I, I can't do it. Uh, legends kept calling me after I was in Atlantic City. I went out there about three different times, and I said to them, I would love to do it, but here's the thing. I can't keep rocking the boat with a full-time job that's going to give me a pension. It gives me medical coverage. I, I appreciate that you're offering me these opportunities to continue with it. But I said, uh, this, is, this is where I'm at. And so they uh, respected me for that. And, um, and I think uh, that for people who are pursuing it and they have families and they have children to be responsible for, keep in mind, this is just my own perspective, but Frankie believed in me. I believe in me. 
people that have heard me believe in me. I've got the incredible support system. It's all ahead of you now because now you are retired. You can do more things, and mm-hmm. I just want to tell our audience: if you get a chance to see Mark Maynard, and you got to keep just track with him. We're going to tell you how to do that. It's a fantastic show. If you love the four seasons, and I think most people do, that just was a great act. Uh, the, your first chance uh, really is April sixteenth. I think the Firelight Barn Dinner Theater. What a fun place to play in Henderson because it's got all the excitement of Vegas, but it's got a little of a small town feel. You know, not that Henderson is a small town by any means, but it just has a nice feel. Did you enjoy that? Because it seems like it'd be a great locale for this type of show. Yeah, you know, uh, I was very. They treated me like I was the man, as as if I were Frankie Valley himself. But so many times I would drive by there, Stephen. And because of the exterior, you know, it has that very, that vibe, country, country vibe. Um, but a friend of mine sang over there a couple of months ago, and I went in to support what he was doing. And through being there that night, I met with Tony Jackson, and that's how this April 16th gig came about. You know, this will be my second appearance over there. As you said, it's a great environment. It's real down-to-earth, homey. A uh, real warm feeling. As you said, I would encourage people to come and enjoy the show on the 16th of April. Absolutely. You want to get those tickets because they do sell out, so you want to get them as soon as you can. Also, mm-hmm. but the people planning trips and so on, I think you're going to get real busy by the end of the year especially. So we we follow you. I, I know the best places are Facebook and YouTube, and YouTube is great because you can see some of your stuff. Tell us where to go. What do we do when we go to those two sites to uh, catch up on your social media activity? Okay, so um, the uh, if you go to my Facebook page, and it's Mark with a K, M-A-R-K, and the last name is Maynard, M-A-Y-N-A-R-D. And uh, so you go to that page, and the first thing I have pinned at the top of my uh, Facebook page is that four-minute uh, video. It's the current recent video. Um, which uh, was brilliantly uh, put together by Brett Hansen, who himself is an entertainer, guitar player, videographer. He does audio. He's the one that orchestrated all of that with all those great uh, musicians behind me that you see in the video. Worth seeing it. No question about it. Follow him. Follow him on Facebook. Follow him on YouTube. Mark Maynard, thank you so much. We'd love to have you on again. I think this is just the beginning for you. I really Oh, do. thank you. I'm encouraged from what you're telling me, Stephen, and it's been a pleasure, a real joy to be uh, with your program today, and I am so uh, blessed uh, I feel so uh, tremendously a uh, great fortune that uh, all of these wonderful people, the fans, the audience, the, the venues, the people in charge of uh, getting the bookings to happen, uh, all of my colleagues, all of my other tribute artists, uh, you know, we're all in the same boat. Uh, and I just I really enjoy the love that we're all sharing with each other. I appreciate it.